Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Community Trail Running Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lee. Thank you for joining me. I so appreciate you spending a little bit of your time with me. Today's episode features friend of the cast, Kylie Morgan. We learn a bit about her recovery on her way to finishing the 23K Squamish course this summer, and she gives us some more strength training knowledge. It's a good one. Can't wait to get there. A little bit of housekeeping first. I'm keeping the Dear Abby or Adam form open. It's linked in the notes. Send me your questions for the mailbag type piece, and we'll get some good answers, I promise. And we'll be back next week with part one of a two-part piece with Sandra Riches of BC Adventure Smart. She's the executive director over there. She has some awesome information about how to stay safe when we're out there playing, but she also gets into the backstory of the safety advice, where it comes from, and the treasure trove of data they have available to them to generate that advice. It's awesome. Can't wait. Two parts. Part one next week, but today is about Kylie. Today's guest is friend of the podcast, Kylie Morgan of The Morgan Method. She has a bachelor's and a master's degree in exercise science with a particular interest in cardiovascular physiology, and Kylie told us all about the benefits of strength training back in episode three. Today, we're going to get into it a bit more. Kylie, thanks for coming back. You're welcome. Thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. Loved all your information last time. Excited about all the information this time. And I think we can start easy breezy with the seasons. It's late October. Winter's around the corner. Maybe people's races have finished up for the year. How do we keep strength training during this time of year to make sure we're not kind of wasting any of our energy and still building up? So this is where it's really important, actually. I mean, firstly, we should be strength training year round. Mm-hmm. Guidelines from the American College of Sports Medicine are at least two days a week of strength training, and that's irrespective of whatever else you do. But uh, at the moment, if if it is your off season, the goal is to build some strength. You don't have the concern about interfering with your running training, mm-hmm. so it's time to lift heavy. Okay. Yeah. Um, And it seems far away, but now's the time to start thinking about your strength plan for spring races. In like April, May, lots of trail. There's DV, 50K, Five Peaks Alice Lake, Five Peaks Golden Ears, Loop the Lakes in Squamish and Survival of the Fittest. And then Road, there's April Fool's Half, the Sun Run, the Abbotsford Run for Water, and of course, BMO. So, so many local options. Plenty of big local options. So, <laughs> What would you suggest when you say it's time to lift? Is that still two days a week or is it since we have time, should we be getting after it a little bit more than that? Yeah, if you can go three, absolutely. And how would you then, talking about planning for coming into the spring and your races there, um, is there a time when you kind of start getting away from the heavy stuff closer to a race? Yes, definitely. And uh, like as as you taper for a race running wise, you do the same strength wise. So you want to be cutting out your lifting a week, maybe two weeks before your race, depending on how long your race is. So gotcha. Same kind of treat it the same as the run training up to it. Yeah. But given in the in the off season, you don't need to worry about um, trashing your legs to still be able to make your long run on the weekend. 
that's when you can start playing with increasing the weight, try and build up that strength to maintain it as you go into your next training block. If you're gearing up for, say, you know, like a, that 5K or a half marathon or an ultra, obviously elevation profiles will play into that as well. But how, how do you attack your strength training when you're worried about those different kind of lengths of races? When I'm working with a client, first, I want to look at the distance of the race, the elevation of the race, their rough finish time. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a 20K race, for example, a 50K race can be vastly different between mm -hmm. runners, right? So how, how long are you going to be out there? How, how long are you going to be on your feet? Firstly, of course, I would always recommend working with a coach. There's mm -hmm. so much misinformation out on the internet there, and you can really get yourself down a rabbit hole, worst case scenario, injuring yourself or just wasting your time digging through everything to try and find what works for you. So for an ultra, you want to be able to train whilst you're fatigued mm -hmm. because that's like at least the second half of your race, right? Mm -hmm. You're fatigued. Lots of endurance, running and strength training on the same day. Generally, that helps to balance out the weekly volume and recovery because everybody should have at least one recovery day. And then lo looking at the profile of the race, so is there lots of climbing? Then we'll prioritize things like loaded step-ups, for example. Okay. So you can you can have a lot of fun if you want to be really specific about your race. You know, if you've got one goal race, you can have some fun. Talking about ultra-ultra, such as like the 50-50 mm -hmm. in Squamish, um, you're not going to have just one long run day. You're going to be doing two back-to-back -back run days. Um, and with that one specifically, because you've got two long run days in a row, but with any of them, you don't want to be strength training the day before your long run. Gotcha. You want to be able to go into your long run fresh. But uh, yeah, long story short, the ability to keep performing whilst your fatigue is key the longer your distance gets. That makes a lot of sense, I suppose, right? We need yeah. the reserves the longer we want to be out there. Yeah. And and knowing, you know, a lot of people come to me and they're like, okay, so I'm running this race and it's this distance. And I say, okay, well, how? what's your goal finish time? How long do you plan to be out there? And they're like, oh, I, I, I don't know. It's just mm -hmm. this distance. And it's like it, it could be very different, right? Absolutely. Depending on the terrain, depending on, on the day you're having, but also, again, between two runners, so, you know, I'm often out there half as long as most of the field. So that's a big difference, right? Yes, absolutely. Solid and back of the pack runner here. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But it is it is important to realize that you're going to be out there longer than others, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a way um, or a specific piece of advice you have? You said, I know, kind of tongue in cheek, but it does make a lot of sense. If you can hook up with a coach, that's fantastic. How do you advise people to find a coach that works with them? Look, look at somebody's certifications. Mm -hmm. You can do a personal training certification in one day on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a big proponent for experience doesn't equal education. Right. You can, you can be going to the gym yourself for 20 years, but not know how to coach someone or what's appropriate for someone. Sometimes more important than that, do you like them? Right. You know, like it's you're entering into a relationship. You need to get along with them. You need to have mutual respect. And I, I think that's a really big thing. If, if you don't kind of jive with someone, it, it, it doesn't work. It's not fun.
you know, if you find somebody that you're interested in working with, uh, see if you can have a chat with them, have a phone call, Zoom, something like that. Um, that's where social media can be kind of cool with uh, with things like stories. You can see, you know, behind the scenes of people. And that's one that I'm really bad for, to be honest, because I'm super goofy and not confident on camera. So. I love your feed, though. I think it's great. <laughs> it's super informative. It's great. Yeah, but if 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 um, somebody's chatting on the camera, you can kind of get a feel for what they're like as a person and if, and if your personality is going to work well together. You uh, just had a pretty big race yourself in August. You ran the 23K in Squamish. After a long road of recovery, I know you were super ecstatic oh. to get out. Because it had been so long. So long. Oh, my goodness. Tell us a little bit about the recovery, the race, and how you made sure you got there in one piece and you didn't get too excited and ramp yourself up too fast or anything like that. <laughs> That's always hard. Uh, longest recovery ever. Um, so I had pretty major knee surgery last year. And I went into it thinking, oh, this is great. I, I'll be back in five, six months. And that definitely was not the case. Mm. Um Recovery was going somewhat well, and then I had a second operation in December last year that wasn't related, but I had one month of absolutely no exercise except for walking mm. after that. So that really put me back. Mm. Um, I, think, I think the hardest part is when you have major surgery like that, every thought is just, oh, God, I don't want to be back here again. There, there is nothing worse than not being able to run. <laughs> So uh, the comparison part is really hard. You see people with other injuries who are back running no problem a few weeks later and you're like, oh man, this is so unfair. But that's obviously not the way to do it. You know, comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> uh, every injury is different in severity. Every person is different. Everybody's circumstances are different. So trying not to play that comparison game is huge. I do not recommend my squamish training at all. It was uh, do as I say, not as I do. Um, th things were going pretty good with my return to running at the beginning of the year. And then I hurt my knee pretty badly at the end of May. And that really threw off my squamish training. Mm -hmm. So uh, my physio and I, she's also my best friend. So that helps. We made a plan to prioritize strength training. Let's put the running on the back burner for now. Let's focus on getting pain-free again. Uh, I teach spin classes so I can get some cardio from there and let's just get my knee really freaking strong. Gotcha. And, and that was good. And then my husband and I spent three weeks in Europe right before race day <laughs> because after four years, we were finally able to go on our honeymoon. So we're like, screw it. It hasn't been a great training cycle anyway. Let's, uh, let's just go. <laughs> on the plus side, we walked like 20 kilometers a day. Time on feet. Time on feet. <laughs> so my race day goal was to finish and not be pulled off mm -hmm. and have fun. And I easily did both. Awesome. <laughs> I finished well within the cutoff, which was pretty cool. I ran so much more of it than I was expecting to and I had zero knee pain. So it was the absolute best case scenario which was very exciting. It gave me a lot of confidence for going forward into future races. Yeah, I, I, I don't recommend running something like that with zero running training. But, uh, <laughs> but the yeah, time on feet and the strength work held me through, which was pretty cool. My biggest advice coming from injury, coming back from injury is get the small things assessed before they become big things. 
don't keep running through an injury. Mm-hmm. A couple of days off now is a whole lot better than a couple of weeks off later. And think, do you still want to be dealing with this niggle in 6, 12, 18 months from now? Or could you get it assessed, take, take a couple of days off and, and be okay? Get it right now. Yeah. I think that's a, a nice segue into my next question for you. Some people will finish a workout and uh, if they're not sore, they don't feel like it worked. I know from your feed, as we talked about, you're not necessarily supposed to feel sore and think that it did do the, do the job. So maybe could you tell us what does a workout feel like if we did it right, if there is a feel and how do we make sure <laughs> we're doing ourselves any good as opposed to harm? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Um, being sore is not an indicator of a good workout. People may have heard of the term DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, mm. and that's the day, maybe two days after a workout. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you had a great workout. It means you did something you were unaccustomed to. <laughs> so you had an increase in the weight or you did a whole entirely different set of exercises. If you're switching up your workout every single day, you're getting sore every single day and your body is not adapting to it. Mm. So if you're feeling that way after every single workout, it's telling you that you're not really going to get any benefit from this because you're not giving your body a chance to adapt to it. With respect to overtraining, it's more often than not, it's too much running and not enough strength, but <laughs> you can definitely do the strength stuff wrong. Uh, too much too soon, as I said, switching up your workout every single day so you can't adapt. Um, too heavy weight or too many reps. The, the evidence supports lifting to a RPE, which is rate of perceived exertion, of 8 out of 10. So that means you've got roughly two reps left in the tank. That seems to be the sweet spot. Um, in terms of how you should feel, that's really individual. You know, if you're brand new to strength training or you're coming back after a long time off, you're going to feel pretty sore, at least for the first little while. Or if you've just shifted into a new training block and the exercises have changed, you know, you've got that adaptation period at the beginning. But you should feel like you've still got two reps left in the tank. That's kind of a good guideline. Kylie, this has been great. I love all the information. Thank you so much. Tell the people where they can follow with you and interact with you. You're so welcome. Um, I'm on Instagram. My uh, my thingy, what do you call it? Handle. My mm -hmm. handle is uh, at themorgan.method. Um, you can find me on my website too, www.themorganmethod.ca. And uh, I've got some freebies that you can download on my website too. There's a training paces calculator and there's a yoga for runners guide. Make sure to get over and check it out. Huge thank you to Kylie Morgan. Huge thank you to all of you listening. Shout out to race volunteers everywhere. And until next time, I'm Adam Lee, and this is Community Trail Running. Yes.